For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. When I am one part of your show, Ruben Galvillo, I am joined by Harley, and we have a special guest. You can find him 10 to noon on ESPN 97 to 5. Our first guest on the Believe in the Houston Texans podcast, Paul Gallant, welcome. Thanks for having me on. I, I feel very honored to be guest number one. No, man, no, man. I remember hearing you back when I was in college. Then you went to Seattle. Now you're back, man. Shout out to you, dude. It's good to be back. Uh, hopefully, the football team that we're about to discuss is about to be back as well. Because uh, I don't think I missed much while I was in Seattle, except for Deshaun Watson and uh, Jack Easterby no. and the end of Bill O'Brien and the DeAndre Hopkins that. trade and DJ Watson. Yeah, how was that leaving hell? when, you know, leaving right before everything just went to hell? Boy, it was tough to watch from afar. Ugh. Harley, you look handsome as ever. As always, as always, as, as always. I always tell everyone I am taking ladies and, and gentlemen, you know, since since we are in a great month. You Dog. know, so, uh, <laughs> I, you know I, I am taking, all right? I don't want to get too, too caught up into that. You know, I digress. But, yes, I'm doing fantastic, man. Yes, and before we start this episode, it was brought to you by Bet Online. Jump into the action right now. Hop into your mobile phone or laptop device. Use our promo code BLEV for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Paul, I'll start with you. We were expecting big news on Monday from the Houston Texans. They put up a billboard in downtown. And drum roll, it ended up being J.J. Watt is going to be in the ring of honor against the Steelers. That will be his induction. Overhype, underhype, how are you feeling about this? I don't think this is nearly hyped enough Oof. because this is the best player in franchise history and probably will be the best player in franchise history for a very, very long time. I, I know for you guys and for me, I, I think we can all agree this is the best defensive player that we've ever seen every game of. And obviously, people that watch Aaron Donald every single Sunday, they're going to feel a type of way about him. People from the 1980s who love Lawrence Taylor on the New York Giants same thing. But for us, this is the best player in franchise history. This is a guy that had some incredible seasons, starting with the pick six that he had against the Bengals in the 2011 playoff game. The NRG Stadium goes absolutely nuts. He follows that up in 2012 with a just insane season that I don't think any of us expected. I remember Peter King going into the year said he thinks Brooks Reed's going to be the big breakout Texans defender. 2014, 2015, he's an actual MVP finalist. It's a shame that injuries took their toll the way that they did over the past seven years where he only played three full seasons and one of them was in Arizona. But come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, I almost feel like we, we need more days to celebrate J.J. Watt and everything that he has done here. Harley, how do you feel about the news on Monday being J.J. Watt coming home? 
Ruben, you know exactly how I feel. I I express the same sentiments as Paul Gallant. I, I need all the J.J. Watt content <laughs> just flooded back into my veins. I start tearing up again. Like, I made the simple TikTok of just Andre Johnson in 2011 when, you know, he had the touchdown against the Bengals throwing from T.J. Yates, jumping into the crowd, and then five years later, you know, 2017 or 20, somewhere around that, six years later, you know, he's waving goodbye to the fans as Ring of Honor. You know, and that hurt. You know, and it started making me think of J.J., and I'm about to do a similar edit whenever the Ring of Honor happens for J.J., and it's going to hurt me because I'm going to be there. I got to be there to the Steelers game. I got to. It's J.J. Watt. It's different for me. I, you know, and I love Andre Johnson. I grew up watching Andre Johnson as a kid, and then I grew up, but I grew up watching J.J. as a middle schooler, high schooler, where, you know, the testosterone was pumping. J.J. Watt was doing his thing. He was having the cheesy commercials of shut you down. I was hyped for J.J. Watt. Turned down for Watt was absolutely electric. And it might be a horrible ass song, but damn it, it was absolute just pop rocks when it came on. The NRG has never the electricity it had when that song came on after a J.J. Watt whatever turnover he made because he did about a trillion of them by himself. It's absolute awesomeness at its highest. I need more J.J. Watt. I love him. I wasn't that excited about it. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I knew uh, <laughs> this was coming. I knew this was classic. Coming. I like this act. Let's hear it. I want to be the star of the show. It brings me back to when he made that group chat when we were going against the Bills in the playoffs and he came back from injury. Look, this is classic. I want to be the main topic. This dude didn't even want to sign a one day contract with us, man. With that this being is- said, I do think JJ Watt deserves it, though. If there is anyone who does, it should be JJ Watt. Boys, what is your favorite J.J. Watt moment for me? It was when Zach Mettenberger took that selfie right before the game, and then J.J. Watt absolutely welcomed his ass to the NFL and put him on his back three times. It's a good one. I mean, is it cheating for all of us to say the pick six against the Bengals? It is. Okay. So... There are a lot of fun moments with J.J. Watt that, as you alluded to, there, there was a corny chapter of his there, time in the NFL. The I think, oh, my God. I think he became self-aware over time. There was some corniness. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was pretty hilarious when he said about Andy Dalton, yeah, we came out here to make the red-headed rifle look like the Red Rider BB gun. Because it... <laughs> was very try hard there was also in hard knocks where he's flipping tires and all of a sudden fort minor pumps in and he's singing along to it i love how arlie's rolling his eyes along to this yep. <laughs> look yeah. there's a lot of fun moments but for me it's the entirety of the 2015 season uh. because it wasn't just that jj watt was racking up all those sacks it was that he kept scoring touchdowns that touchdown he had against the Indianapolis Colts where the ball just rolled into him and he picks it up and he runs it in for six. You're like, wait a second. How the, how the, how the fuck did that happen? You had the same thing 
with the pick six that he had against uh, EJ Manuel with the Buffalo Bills. Mm. And he catches a couple of touchdown passes as well. Um, maybe things didn't work out so well when they tried to use him in the shotgun formation in the playoffs. I was just about to bring that bullshit up. I was at the game. I was <laughs> in that end zone. I said, if this fails, we're getting blown. You know, like, it's over. We should just walk out. <laughs> That's right, Ruben. You just got to think about that regular season, right? Because that's at the MVP awards for the regular season. Don't think about the bad of that playoff game. But that whole year is my choice. And if that's cheating, I don't care. That year was fun. And I think he should have won the MVP, damn it. No. Yeah, uh, that that was mine. I, and I'll, I'll stick with something else. I just, that M, it's an MVP season. I say he's the MVP. People are like, no, Aaron Rodgers won. What do you? And I tell them, what are you talking about? And I correct them. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, no, JJ Watt won the MVP. And then they're like, what, really? And then they're like scrolling through, googling again. And then I walk away, and they're like, hey, wait a minute. You know, I'm like, oh, I can't hear you, man. You know. And uh, no, uh, man, that one's a tough one. I love the Colt game just because of the mic'd up Brian Cushing uh, mm-hmm. when the fumble is happening and Cushing. He's like trying to get to the ball, and then you, you, all you hear is him, JJ, JJ, go get, go get JJ. You know, and he's running after JJ. JJ's already got the ball. He's already running 22 miles an hour down the goddamn sideline. Jesus Christ! That there's so many a motherfucker back then, man. <laughs> there's there's too many moments for me, man. I I love it all, despite that horrible Chiefs play that you mentioned. Yeah. Him and Wilford, what a tandem that that offensive. Woof, that. We had the wishbone, horror, baby. JJ and Vince Wilfork, man. Um, man, this is tough. Uh, you know, there's that random Bengals game that you mentioned. Uh, he did absolutely nothing, and then he like leveled an offensive lineman at the very end of the. He did nothing the whole game. Like the game was disgusting. It was that like was Deshaun's game. game, right? It, oh yeah, the touchdown scramble. Yeah, yeah, that was Deshaun's game. It was an ugly game, and then this guy. They're lateraling at the end of the game, and then offensive lineman just sadly gets the ball. Like, hey, all right, turns around, JJ pancakes him, and then takes off his helmet. Like he was the best thing. Like he didn't do nothing in that game, but I loved it. That I, <laughs> there's there's too much for me to pick. Just give me, you know what? The best moment is a JJ Watt compilation video on YouTube. That's the best moment. You can't argue with like 18 minutes worth of highlights. <laughs> Straight heat. Did they play right, Fort Minor? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I, I honestly I haven't looked at a compilation video. But it, someone to put one back up, and it's just gotta be Fort Minor. You ready? The entire time. I, I'm. I'm gonna make an edit. I, I, it's do gonna it. be Fort Minor. Definitely doing do it. that. It's gonna. It's gonna. I appreciate off. your service, Harley. <laughs> <laughs> Harley, I start with you. D'Amico Ryan said in the first day of mandatory minicamp that there will be an open quarterback battle between the second overall pick, C.J. Stroud, and 30-year guy, Davis Mills. How do you feel about D'Amico Ryan's comments? You know, uh, he even mentioned a few days ago just that they were both going to take turns, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all you know, overall, I'm looking at it like, okay, well, at the end of the day, C.J. Stroud's still the second overall pick. He's going to be leaned into this quarterback one situation some way, somehow, right? Like, he's the number two overall pick. I do believe the Texans are being a little precautious uh, with 
you know, having the way he's going into being quarterback one, it feels like they're being cautious about this. Um, and because yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some of the dialogue between C.J. Stroud and in the rest of the rookies, you know, D'Amico kind of gushes around to Will Anderson. Maybe that's his side of the ball. Oh, OK. When you look at Drew Scruggs, he talks really highly of him, too. So I'm like, oh, OK. So are they just being cautious with C.J. Stroud at the moment? And, that, and that's kind of like a I'm kind of wondering what's going on still. I'm looking at the stove. It's on right now and the pot is bubbling a little bit. You know, it's on a it's on a mid simmer. And I'm looking at C.J. Stroud. But, you know, Davis Mills, you know, whatever he does is just eh, OK, cool. Great. You're my backup. But at the end of the time, I mean, C.J. Stroud's going to be QB one at some point. It's just a matter of when is going to happen. Kalan, how you felt about D'Amico saying there has been open quarterback battle? What Hartley said at the end there is the way it's going to end up. Think about it from this perspective. You're a first-year head coach, and you're coming into a locker room, and I think you want everyone to know that they're on the same level. I think that there's actually, at least for now, a very strong relationship between Nick Casario and Tobiko Ryans. Nick Casario was there with the New England Patriots. And for those who have followed me long enough, you know I'm originally from Massachusetts and I followed those teams. Mm. Bill Belichick made a big deal about everybody being on the same level, including the quarterbacks. And it certainly helped that when Tom Brady took off, this is a guy that was a sixth-round pick not too long before. It's a little bit different when you got a second overall pick at quarterback, right? So I think we all roll our eyes in collective frustration about the idea of Davis Mills playing another game as a starting quarterback for the Texans <laughs> under center. I know personally I don't want to watch it anymore. He struggles throwing passes to the sidelines. He can't move. He can't extend plays. And, and he's just boring. It's nothing against him. I, I wish him the best. I hope he's able to find a way to carve a long career in the NFL as a backup. But that's not a guy you want to see under center. I would look at it from this perspective. They're trying to make it so that C.J. Stroud earns the job. I do think that they're maybe making a little bit more of a show of this competition than they actually need to. But whatever it takes to make sure that C.J. Stroud's coming in here realizing that he needs to work his ass off to get that starting gig, I'm here for. And every story, and again, there's stories coming out of practices and shorts that you're hearing about Stroud, whether it's the time that he went up to defensive coordinator Matt Burke and he asked him, hey, what was going on in this coverage? Why was I not able to break it down the way that I wanted to? Or in this week at minicamp, bouncing back from a pick six that he threw to Eric Murray there are a lot of good things that you're hearing about his ability to pick things up on the fly. And mm -hmm. if you're keeping him level-headed along the way too, coming from a place at Ohio state where, yeah, he was fighting off other comp competitors at quarterback, but still like your, your ass is kissed on a whole other level when you are the starting quarterback in Columbus, Ohio. I mm -hmm. like what they're doing, but I also would like <clears> this <throat> to pick up the pace so that we can just get to CJ Stroud being the number one guy. Yeah, no, to me, it doesn't make sense. And both of you guys just say the same thing. At the end of the day, it is going to be C.J. Stroud. What, what scares me is, is they have this quarterback competition. They have it throughout training camp. And, you know, if it's a tie at the end of the day, well, Ty goes to the second overall pick. I am sending him against Baltimore with 30 to 40% less of the snaps that he would have gotten if I wouldn't have had this quarterback competition in the first place. This is the franchise. This is the future. Davis Mills had his opportunity. He made me eat crow. He shat the bed. He 
he is not it for the Houston Texans. It is C.J. Stroud. So to me, the thought that you are giving him, taking away reps from him, it doesn't make sense, you know, sense to me. C.J. Stroud should be stingy at this point. I want every first team rep. I want every meeting with the coaches. And, you know, Paul, like you brought it up and said, like, he's talked to Matt Burke. He's talked to the defense. Yes, we love that. You know, you want to hear that he already sounds like a quarterback one. It's exactly as you said. They just want to put on a show, and it's just frustrating to me. I think that's the key word. For all of us, we just want to turn the page because this whole offseason has been about turning the page from Lovey Smith, further from Jack Easterby. I mean, really, Nick Casario is the one holdover from the really rough years. At least that's the way that we feel at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I get the sentiment. I also feel like for D'Amico Ryans, it's really important for him to set things in his own way. It's one of the reasons that, you know, we heard all those rumors about DeAndre Hopkins maybe joining the Texans that I thought to myself, man, this is just isn't realistic. Forget whatever relationship he might have with the McNair family. It's about, is D'Amico Ryan's going to want to bring in a veteran who doesn't want to practice? I, I think the best part about football that has been lost in some organizations is this idea that everybody is the same as everybody else, which is not true to us. <laughs> Quarterbacks are way up here. The rest of the roster is down here. But I, I think this is the best way to go about it if you're a first-year head coach and you're trying to install the idea that nobody is greater than the team, even though, again, quarterbacks are. Yeah, yeah no, it's just, like I said, it's uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Hardy, some big news today. Malik Collins, two-year, $23 million extension. Nick Casario continues to add to this defensive line. How are you feeling about Malik Collins being here for another two years? Did it feel random? Like it, did. it just was like, oh, I thought it was fake. <laughs> you know, I'm like, two years, 23 million. Oh, okay. This isn't real. And then I was like, oh, okay. No, this is real. Oh, okay. Malik Collins, you are extended. Oh, okay. So, I mean, when you look at a three tech in this defense, apparently uh, it's very important to D'Amico's defense overall. Three tech is important. Uh, Malik Collins had, you know, some really solid years for the Texans. Uh, I still believe he's a better pass rusher than he is a run stopper. Uh, I think that's more of his forte, but he he's looked well against the run. And that's tough to say when you were dead last last year. Uh, but, you know, with him, Sheldon Rankins, you know, so far the interior should be improved rather than last year. Um, I still am wondering around the depth behind it. Yeah, you signed Ridgeway. Cool. He knows the scheme. Should be, you know, familiar with it with D'Amico. I'm still looking at Roy Lopez, Kurt Heinish, and I'm going, eh, I roll. I don't know what I'm going to get out of these two guys. One of them is going to be either cut or could be both of them, depending on maybe some cuts during uh, uh, at the end of camp and with preseason and whatever or the new rule at the very end of preseason, they have all the cuts now. So, um, yeah, you know, I appreciate what he's done for you. Two years, 23 million. It feels like, it feels like an overpay, it, mm. it, but it's necessary at the same time. It's a little, it was, it felt very random to me. Very random. So Galana asked you not only about the signing today, but the overall Texans for agency. Because once again, thank you for coming on. You are the first guest on Believe in the Texans. How do you feel about not only about Malik, about Malik Collins today, but the overall free agency from the Houston Texans and Nick Casario? 
All right, I'll start with Collins. I'm with you, Harley, in that it was rather random. And I would point to this and the extension that they gave to Shaq Mason before he even played as head scratchers. It's not a massive burden on the team because it's only a two-year deal, but there's a lot of guaranteed money in this deal. It's almost all guaranteed for Collins. And I, I would just say, well, maybe watch these guys play in the actual scheme, and maybe these are both because of relationships that Nick Casario has specifically with the players or maybe their agents. That's what I think of when I see a deal like this made. As far as the offseason moves, though, in totality, nothing that sexy. I think that we'd all agree that Jimmy Ward is the most exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's good that this time around he's not going to be fighting DeAndre Hopkins (laughs) in – practice i actually have video of that on my youtube channel youtube.com slash pogalot if you want to see that very funny moment that that happened and now it comes full circle where he's with the actual texans but the other moves that they made um you you mentioned a couple of them on the defensive line uh sheldon rankins is exciting uh hassan ridgeway you know who he is he's been in the scheme before um devin singletary any other running back that's not named Rex Burkhead or the many other <laughs> running backs that they were spelling Damian Pierce with, Darian Bungawale. You wanted to have a better number two running back. Um, Noah Brown's intriguing. I liked what he did in Dallas, but I'm not expecting that much out of him. Robert Woods was once awesome. I don't know if he's still that same player. That is a lottery ticket. You're hoping that he can be the guy that he was with the LA Rams. In totality, there's a lot of names. None of them blow your socks off, Mm -hmm. but that's not what you're going for. When you're an organization at this spot, you are taking low risk, potential high reward players that you feel good about in a locker room. And too early to say when, how any of these guys are going to fare in my opinion, really, I I think Jimmy Ward's the one guy that I'm like, he'll be good. The rest, I I honestly don't know, but I, I don't have a problem with it. And I, I, I get in the idea of impatience, but you don't win in free agency. You just don't. I, I feel like the, the commanders and the Dolphins and the Saints and, and maybe less so the Saints, but a lot of teams have tried to go big in free agency. And, and how has it worked out for them? You get excited in March, but when the regular season rolls around and the guy ends up not being a scheme fit, I mean, you're going to be stuck with your Schmenzer in your hands, right? You're, you're just <laughs> stuck with a player that doesn't fit your system. So I'm glad that they did not do anything super aggressive next year. I will probably feel differently. Mm. $131 million next year. Before we get to the, who we think will be some surprise cuts. One player that is, that seems to be standing out every single practice, Harley is 30 year guy, Nico Collins. And we talked about this before, you know, before all these practices. He needs to prove himself. His third head, co- third head coach, third OC. Shout out to Nico Collins, man, for doing a great job. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm also at the same time going, you know, because immediately I'm like, oh, this is exciting. I'm glad to see Nico and CJ Stroud seem to have this uh, chemistry together. And then I'm going, hmm. Didn't I hear the same thing last year with Nico Collins? Like, is does this feel like not little, to this extent? Maybe, of course not. Because, well, is it not to this extent because it was Davis Mills, or is it because it's C.J. Stroud now? Like, 
I feel like I heard some of this with Nico Collins. Uh, you know, the workout, the workhorse, and you know, the practice warrior, and staying after. And, and I appreciate it. I did see it live at training camp. Him staying after and getting extra work in. I I love everything about him. Um, and I'm I'm hoping for everything to actually come to fruition. I'm excited about it. I am. I still believe when I look at the wide receiver position, Nico Collins has a lot of you know, potential still at that position, playing with the Davis Mills, obviously. I mean, he, he played two games with Kyle Allen. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I know Kyle Allen. I'm a big Houston Cougar fan, and I know Kyle Allen. And there was fans trying to trying to hype up some Kyle Allen stuff, man, and uh, that was just nasty moment. work. That was nasty, nasty work, man. My goodness. Will Nico Collins, I think, has – <laughs> Nico Collins has some intangibles. I mean, 6'4", you know, he, he, he's big body wide receiver. He runs like a deer. Uh, he's not fast as a deer, but he can run like a deer. And if you want to be, you know, you know, want to pick straws, he had a faster 40 than Tank Dell. I like throwing that out there and people go eye roll at me. Obviously, Tank Dell uh, has a lot more quickness and I don't want to get into Tank Dell because there's a lot of bias there for me. Um, but Nico Collins, uh, yes, he's exciting. I also feel like this is this feels like it happened last year a bit. Paul, not only how do you feel about Nico Collins, but this wide receiver group as a whole, D'Amico Ryan said today he's not really worried about it. How do you feel about this group? It's a weakness right now. Yes. You easy at this moment in time don't have someone that can stretch the field, and it seems like CJ Stroud, that might be one of his strengths. You do have a lot of guys that have played the slot receiver position in some way, shape, or form in the past. Uh, Woods, Noah Brown, Tank Dell did a lot of it in college. You're hoping that John Mechie is going to do something for you this year, but I think any expectations, and I talked about this today with uh, DJ Bienname, who covers the Texans for ESPN.com, it's kind of unfair to have any expectations for Mechie this coming season, just given what he's been through. Like, torn ACL and uh, beating cancer. I, I mean, it's just awesome that the guy's still with us and that he has a chance to actually perhaps still make a living in the NFL, but I, I don't put too much pressure on the guy just because he was a former second round pick. So to circle us back to Nico Collins, I mean, like by default, Brandon Cook's gone. He's the number one guy on the roster. I personally am hesitant to say, yeah, this guy's your number one wide receiver at this point in time, though. I, I feel like it's really up in the air. And I, I think it also goes to show you that they're going to be relying on Dalton Schultz a lot in the passing game, the tight end that they got from the Cowboys. And they're also going to be running the football a lot this season, which obviously makes a lot of sense, just given that they're going to have a rookie quarterback. And at, I, I think they're going to want to try to help whenever he gets out there, if he does get out there. I'm not thrilled with the news today about Kenyon Green and, and the, oh, we'll see in training camp with the knee surgery that he had this offseason. But I, I think they want to be maulers on the ground, and they mm -hmm. got the offensive lineman to do it. Yeah, no, I think Dodson Short is going to be a great addition. He had a touchdown today at camp. Harley, I switch it to you. Damian Pierce said that him and Devin Singletary are going to be a good one-two punch. How do you feel about this running back duo? Um, You know, the offensive scheme, like Paul Gallant was saying, in its truest form, it's, it's – they're going to run the football. They're going to run the football down your throat. We all saw this with Gary Kubiak and his offensive scheme, and we saw the many, many, many offensive guys that have came from that 
uh, offensive tree that he's had. You know, I, I like to include Kubiak to give him his flowers. You know, everyone says the Shanahan tree. Uh, let me let me throw the Shanahan Kubiak tree. Okay, mm. uh, give me give me Kubes his love. All right, but uh, Devin Singletary, Damian Pierce. I think Damian Pierce fits the scheme like a glove. I said it on the YouTube channel, on my personal YouTube channel. He fits it like a glove. It's like OJ Simpson. I mean, it's gonna fit right in. All right, and Gosh. you know, but he Less did not murder. do it. He did not do it. All right, <laughs> but it, if, if hey man, it, it fits like a glove. It fit, you know, but he did not do it, man. Okay, we cannot, you know, no defamation of character from here. All right, <laughs> Damian Pierce is definitely someone I'm looking at. 1100 yards, 12 touchdowns. That was my predictions. I do have him penciled in as offensive MVP prediction mm. for the Houston Texans. Uh, Devin Singletary, I am excited about. Maybe not as excited like uh, like our fellow uh, podcast that we were co-hosts, uh, guests on. You know, like Crenshaw. Shout out to Crenshaw for for thinking Singletary. You know, maybe has some some more oomph than Damian Pierce. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I I am very sold on Damian Pierce. I like Devin Singletary. He mentioned the comments around Christian McCaffrey. Slow it down a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but I can see him taking some elements of Christian McCaffrey's game. He's a really good pass catching back. And that is something that they really, they needed a second running back. We already donned on that. Uh, But that's something that they really needed the Houston Texans. So Singletary, Damian Pierce, both in the backfield, split back with uh, Stroud at the gun. Hmm, That's a little exciting. Schultz in there. Hmm, Okay, definitely. Yeah, I don't have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. Dude, that you did that. I'm still caught up on that comment about the glove. But Mr. Pogalon. I am too. OJ <laughs> definitely fucking did it. Stop. Stop. He did it. Anyway. I just want I, I just rewatched I just rewatched the, the Made in America four-part documentary. I don't want to get us too oh, side, that, side. That was a great that Holy was a shit. great, what a great documentary. I, I, I just rewatched it this weekend because I was talking with somebody and she told me growing up, like I really didn't see any of this. And I know you guys are, are young. When I was growing up, like my first memories of things on television were just OJ Simpson trial every single day. I didn't know what the fuck was happening <laughs> at all, but <laughs> you get older <laughs> and you look into the details. It is amazing that they fucked up that case. The prosecution <laughs> against OJ Simpson. Yes. They, they totally butchered it. And, and as you mentioned, Chris Darden, anyway, I could go all day on this. I'll, I'll bring it back though, to the, to the running back group. <laughs> Look, Devin Singletary is a bowling ball. He is five foot seven, but 200 pounds. And he is the kind of player that compliments Damian Pierce very well. in that you're hoping that they, they both have similar skill sets. Now Pierce runs like a, like, like a, OJ out there, a murderer. He wants to <laughs> get contact. He wants to run people over. I love that about Pierce, but there's a shelf life for that. So you yeah. want to have somebody else that can do that. And and as you mentioned, Harley, there's 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 the pass catching element that you had with Singletary too. And you're hoping that that's something that Pierce is going to be able to blossom into. I think the thing that's interesting to note about just where the San Francisco 49ers are is that they spread the wealth among the, among their running backs. Take a look over the last six seasons. Carlos Hyde led them in rushing in 2017. And guess how many yards he had? 938. Mm -hmm. You had Matt Breida with 814 in 2018. 
You had Raheem Mostert in 2019 leading the way with 772. You had Jeffrey Wilson in 2020 with 600. You had Elijah Mitchell with 963. And then, of course, they traded for Christian McCaffrey midway through last season. And that changes a little bit because McCaffrey, we know what a damn good player he is. And he had a 746 yards on the season in a year. He was banged up a bit. They have always, the Kubiak system, I mean, shoot, go all the way back to when Kubiak was the offensive coordinator for Mike Shanahan mm-hmm. with the Denver Broncos. Like They find ways to get the most out of running back. So, so you feel very good about it, but you also know that they're going to have to find a way to limit Pierce's workload so that they are not running that guy a hundred percent into the ground. And, and I do think that as far as backup running backs go, Singletary is a very good second option. So I, I like the running back group. Honestly, I'm very curious as to who else they might add. And I feel like when we get into training camp and surprise cuts are made that there will be options for them to add to the stable, if you will. Mm. It'll be interesting to see. Boys, this was a great fire episode. Real quick, I'm going to ask you guys, what are some surprise cuts you see at the end of training camp? I'm going to go ahead and let you know Davis Mills is going to be cut. You are, turning, you are turning the leaf. The future is C.J. Stroud. Case Keenan will be the backup. And, and here's why I say this, because – all last year, my ass was walking up and down Houston saying, Davis Mills is going to prove himself. And it only took us four games to realize he's not it. I'm just being biased here, but Davis Mills, you will no longer be a Houston Texan. Wow. I can't go that far. I, I feel like there's a good chance Mills is on the roster next season, but... I, I think that they will potentially think about trading him. And it's a matter of if some quarterbacks get injured, is somebody going to look at Mills and think that they can get more out of him than the Texans can? So maybe that happens. But now, especially that you saw what happened last year in the NFC Championship game where um, you saw the injury that uh, Brock Purdy suffered and they didn't have another quarterback on the roster, uh, that does not limit your roster spots anymore, right? So maybe in years past, I could see that happening, Ruben. But I, I, think, I think for this time around, they're going to end up keeping Mills on the roster. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see that much Davis Mills. I say that now, and I remember in 2017, I thought we weren't going to see Tom Savage again, and then, fuck, the strong boss towards ACL. So you never know, obviously, with injuries in this league. Um, but as as far as surprise cuts, that there are a couple of guys that I'm looking at. I, I would say, number one, Christian Kirksey at linebacker. I mean, they brought in um, uh, Denzel Perriman and Corey Littleton this offseason. And if they do release Kirksey, they're going to save about uh, $5.25 million. He's the one that would save the most money. I I think that we might see a surprise cut at the cornerback position too. I don't know who. I would take a look at both Steven Nelson and Desmond King's just contract numbers and say that, hey, they could save some money. They did just bring in Shaquille Griffin, a guy that I covered in Seattle, who is a lot more of a scheme fit with what it seems like the Texans are trying to run. So that cornerback group, it's a loaded position. I could see maybe one of those guys potentially getting the ax at the end. But for the most part, is it going to be really that surprising if anyone gets cut just given the way that this roster is, you know? Like there's there's 53 roster spots, but nobody looks like a massive cap liability in the way that you saw uh, Justin Britt as last season Mm. or, you know, Brandon Cooks when he decided he didn't want to show up for work. Harley, for you, who would be a surprise cut for you? Uh, I mean, it's not Davis Mills. I'll tell you that right now. I know, I know you have some some bad feelings towards him, but 
Yeah, just a backup quarterback on a rookie deal, you just that's just not something I'm gonna cut. Uh but uh, I, I'll have to say Kirksey. Kirksey's the one, and that's really dependent on Henry Toto and his what they what he's doing at the time of you know some of the preseason games, how he's developing, how he's progressing so far. And then they're gonna if they feel comfortable enough to make that cut for Kirksey, then yeah, I, I would do that. Um you know, you mentioned the cornerback position. That was the one I thought about immediately with Steven Nelson holding out. That is someone that I'm looking at, especially with Shaq Griffin being a cover three scheme fit for this Houston Texans team. That that would be pretty. That would be pretty fair. Uh, not fair for Nelson, you know, a guy that's looking for more money. But hey, he signed with David Mulligetta. Uh, so you know, I know he's looking for an extension. Does he get it? Does he not? Is he even worth the extension? That's a whole other conversation. 30 years old. I, good cornerback play, though, is really scarce in the NFL. So, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a little tough. But we also are, depending on his cornerback play with Lovey Smith's scheme, does he necessarily, you know, is he going to fit into everything with D'Amico Ryan's scheme? He should. I mean, D'Amico, we've seen in Robert Salah's scheme with the 49ers, numerous cornerbacks, uh, guys that I never really heard of, or guys that were just coming back from in- injury, one of them being um, – Verrett from the Chargers, I can't think of his first name, um, but Shane he played, Brett, yeah. yeah, you know, he played very well for the 49ers during his short stint there because he got injured again. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think Nelson, Kirksey, those are the two ones that I think about immediately. A surprise, to me, that's not really surprising. Maybe Nelson was a surprise, um, but I'm trying to think of a cut that's rather surprising. There's nothing that really comes to mind. What would you feel about Brevin Jordan? Yeah, that that makes a lot more sense. I forgot about Brevin Jordan. Team quit Toriano, Andrew Beck, full bash last tight end. That makes sense, actually. Brevin that makes sense. I forgot about Jordan. It's a light room. There there really aren't that many True good too. tight ends. I messed it up, by the way. Jason Verrett is the guy that I yeah, was thinking of. Go. Yeah, that guy, that guy was so good. He kept on getting hurt. Really Poor good. guy. Really good with the Chargers. Just kept getting injuries. Then he went to the 49ers and boom, lightning in a bottle for – little short time until he got injured again um mm-hmm. but yeah no uh brevin jordan's one i i could see that again there's not many names to that position attached but dalton schultz uh i am a little excited about tq and the progression that he could he showed a lot of in what was disparity and smoke and disgustingness last year offensively there was a small glimmer and every once All in a while tq was very very like oh look at this guy this was a guy that I thought was only a blocking tight end coming out of college and was going to be predominantly used in the goal line. And this guy's got some hands. This guy can make some plays for you. I was excited about it. I actually was. Not that excited. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see his name, I think I'm reading Quentin Tarantino. Dude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I get yeah. dyslexic. Because, like, obviously his last oh. name is because of the Q and his first name because yeah. of the T. I, I have no idea why I see that, but every <laughs> single time I'm like, oh, it's Tarantino. Oh, wait, I can't read. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was a fire episode. Pagalan, thank you for being our first guest on here. Let the people know where they can find you. Okay, well, I, I have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Paul Gallant. I'm also on the TikTok. Yes. TikTok.com slash, do you say TikTok.com? I don't even fucking know. But I have a TikTok. The Gallant Says Podcast, I do it Mondays and Thursdays live on the YouTube channel. You can get it in podcast form as well. And if you want to listen to me in radio form where I don't get to swear, but I do get to be goofy, I am on every single weekday on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 from 10 
to noon. So if you're driving around looking for some food at lunch and you want to hear a weirdo talk about sports, I'm your guy. Hardy, let them know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me. I have a YouTube channel at the lead underscore HOU. Just type that in. It'll come up immediately. Uh, I cover all Houston sports, Astros, Rockets, and Texans, just the majorities. Uh, no, no, no dash and dynamo here. Sorry. I don't know. I'm not well informed with the soccer folks, mates, but <laughs> I, I, I do apologize about that. We will be getting, I'll be getting into some of the breaking news around Lance McCullers and everything that's surrounding that. He mm. is very stubborn and pissed, frustrating to say the least, but expected. Um, Rockets, obviously. Zion coming for the fourth overall pick. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's happening. Bring right. me horny boy. I'll take it all day. I don't know if that's happening. All right, bring my my reels with, uh, like, with you. <laughs> no, not sure if that's happening, but yeah, we you can cannot. This guy cannot come to Houston. This city <laughs> makes everyone fat as it is. You think that guy will ever play again? If 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 they get Zion Williamson here, that guy is going to be three hundred and fifty pounds and playing defensive line for the Houston Texans in a heartbeat. No, you got Pinkertons, you got the barbecue, you got the tacos. You can't let this guy come here. I I love you, Zion. I feel like you could do better than what you're doing, given that you're a basketball player and you shouldn't need to pay for sex. But hey, whatever, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. But I'm telling you, you come here, you you, you think you're gonna get shit for being a, a bigger guy? The food here's amazing. It's impossible to keep the tire off your belly. Hey man, and him Harden duo, dude. The strip clubs are gonna love them. The strip clubs are gonna they're they're gonna have they got already got Harden's jersey hanging in the rafters of all the strip clubs, and then they got a space left for Zion Williamson. Bring him home. A guy that has multiple injuries and has a what could have been kind of do thing, it just screams Houston sports star. (laughs) I love it. This screams JJ Watt, Yao Ming, like what could have been Zion Williamson. Yeah, he needs to be in Houston. I I'll take all 22% of games he played last year. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do it. You can find me on YouTube. Just type in 713 Houston Sports in the search bar on Twitter at 713 Houston Sports. This was another fire episode of Believe in the Houston Texans. Go Texans. Y'all have a very blessed day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.